with our man Chris Goforth, 92.9 The Game, many hats, man of all hats, let's just call him that, and uh, appreciate your time live from Hoover, Chris, uh, just kind of set the scene for us as we know they had the opening ceremony, which is, you know, typically Greg Sankey uh, having his, what do you want to call it, um, speech to the media, I guess, simple yeah, as that. Yeah, kind of a... Kind of a normally it's been kind of a state of the conference address. State of the conference. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the way he. That's kind of been tradition. I, you know, his predecessors did it before him. But uh, this year, I mean, I think it's a little different, um, just from the standpoint that there is not. I mean, I think, you know, I was here in twenty, was it twenty nineteen? The last time it was here in Hoover, and there were over eleven hundred media members here Um, today. I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably half that. So uh-huh. it is not nearly as, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't run out of food at brunch, which is, you know, important to me. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Priorities, man. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that's that been um, a little bit different. But other than that, you know, I think once things started rolling, um it just continued on, and we've heard, uh, you know, Greg Sankey, Dan Mullen, and uh, Ed Orgeron just just finished up. Uh, just kind of has to feel of things maybe getting back to a little bit of normalcy. Like you mentioned, it's not the same as it was in 2019, but you're still there in person. You're, these guys are still um, uh, getting up in front of everybody, and we're watching on the SEC Network. You know, there's not a whole lot of masking going on, uh, so it does feel like uh, SEC Media Days of Yorn. Yeah, to a degree. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you've not been vaccinated, then they require you to wear a mask. I guess the one thing in terms of on-field stuff and the impact of that, this is the first time that we've heard the commissioner of the SEC use the word forfeit, uh, whereas last year they tried not to do that. They they tried to give teams a chance to play. You know, there was that, that roster minimum that was set aside and you had to have so many at certain positions, that roster minimum is going away now. And according to what the commissioner said today, it's up to each team. They've got to be ready. Uh, you got to be ready to play and healthy to play. And if you're not, that's when they will uh, take a look at, you know, some teams may have to forfeit if they have an outbreak this year. And that, you know, that wasn't the case last year, but, uh, that's going to be the case this year. Do you think that's a priority to try and get most more people to get the vaccine? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, clearly they're they're pushing it here. Uh, Dan Mullen went on a whole big thing for a little while about the, uh, you know, how the, the what a great job the governor of, uh, of Florida was doing, and and what a great job that the the hospital there in uh, in Gainesville that's I guess connected to the University of Florida, the job that they had done in kind of trying to educate people and, and to try to get it done. So, yeah, that, that's a huge key, and that's, that's what the commissioner said in his speech. He said, listen, this is the reason why we are talking so much about the vaccine, is we don't want to have to have somebody forfeit because of this. But if this is what we're left with, this is what we'll do. Interesting. Because at some point, I mean, we saw the NFL go through all that motion to where there was like five games played on five different nights or whatever. <clears throat> That's just an unsustainable model. I think you, you're you going to have to forfeit and move on if, if there's a big outbreak. Well, I know recently the NFL came out with, with 
their list of, okay, if you're vaccinated, this is the protocol. If you're not vaccinated, this is the protocol. And it's it's a lot of inconveniences on the not vaccinated uh, side of things. So sure. did they give any, any kind of outline or a hint at any outline for players that are vaccinated versus those that are not, Chris? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Now, the, uh, he did address and said that the Power Five conferences have been in communication with each other in regards to some of these uh, interconference games that are being played, like Georgia going to Charlotte to play Clemson. Well, Georgia and, and Charlotte have spoken. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Georgia and Clemson have both spoken about this, and they've also talked to the folks in Charlotte to see, you know, kind of what the local regulations are there as well. So. It's, it's one of those things, I think, Joe, that's going to be a little bit different depending on where you go in the country. It is probably going to depend on what the rules and regulations are. Hmm. Hmm. Did, what did Dan I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be uniform, you know, across the board in the SEC that everybody does this. Apparently, there is still uh, a mask mandate that is is in effect in the county or parish, whatever they call it there. Where uh, where Baton Rouge is, where the University, where LSU plays. So I, again, I, I think there's going to be some issues like that everywhere. Um, there's going to be some variances, you know, depending on where you are. So what did Coach Mullen say about the Florida Gators? Just your overall take. How do they replace uh, the Kyles? That's my biggest question: is how do you replace the Kyles? Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly and that's something he talked about. He talked about the, the idea that you got to have next man up and, and, you know, the idea that they, they recruited well there, and which they have. And, you know, and a lot of people want to talk about Emory Jones and, and the quarterback situation and, and what's going to happen. But, you know, the one thing that I think has gotten lost in all of this is just how historically bad they were last year on defense. Yeah, um, Florida didn't have those dudes on the defensive line that they have had in years past. And it showed last year. They couldn't get a pass rush. They, they couldn't get to the quarterback. Um, you know, people talk about the, the number of yards they gave up, especially late in the year, the number of yards they gave up in, in the passing game. I think a lot of that came from the, the standpoint they, they couldn't get a pass rush. And then you couple that with that defensive line wasn't able to get off blocks. They couldn't get penetration against the run. They were, again, by Florida standards, historically bad last year defensively. They've got to be able to, to improve there. Uh, and I think that's maybe a little more of a pressing concern in Gainesville right now where everybody else wants to talk about the offense and Emory Jones. I think there's some real concern there about how, uh, how effective they can be defensively. Interesting. So how do you think – do you think Georgia, when it's all said and done at the end of the week when the media votes, you think Georgia will be the the, the, the team they have, uh, you know, as their favorite for the East? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think Georgia is going right? to be the overwhelming favorite in the East. And then from there, uh, you know, I think Florida maybe could be two. And then, you know, after that, I think there's, there's a lot of gray area, man. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of mediocrity. So you're looking at, you know, could it be Missouri again to be third? Could it be Kentucky? I think it'll probably be one of those two teams that ends up finishing third. And then, you know, from there, uh, we'll just see how the rest of it, uh, how the rest of it kind of shakes out with new coaches in South Carolina. Shane Beamer's coming up 
you're in a little while to speak. You got a new coach in Knoxville, a new coach in Vandy. So there's going to be, um, I think there's still some unknowns uh, around the rest of the East. Yeah, Coach Eli with Missouri doing some things on the recruiting trail, so it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But do you think uh, – listen, Kirby is a, is a good coach. I think we would all agree with that. But when you look at numbers, uh, you know, he has about the same record as Mark Richt when he was with Georgia, and uh, people thought that Kirby coming in, that would, that would be the, the, the one coach or be the guy that would get him over that hump. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Is you think he's going to be uh, in the hot seat this year, or is is it already lukewarm? I mean, what are your thoughts on Kirby Smart? Well, there's two things. One, the worst thing that could have happened to him was was that 2017 when he got him within you know what a, a minute and a half or whatever it was of, of winning a national championship against Alabama, and then Tua comes in and throws that touchdown pass and Heartbreak, and Alabama yeah. ends up winning the game for that to happen so early in his tenure. Hard to believe this is going to be year six now. For Kirby Smart, uh, and yeah, I, I think this is the time that you know if it doesn't happen this year, I think this is when the the heat really starts to get turned up on him because now you've got a new offensive core, you've got an offensive coordinator that's in year two in Todd Munkin. He's had a spring to go through with this offense. You bring him back a quarterback in JT Daniels, so you've got a a lot of there. You know, you got a really deep running back room. Uh, you got some depth at wide receiver. You bring a lot of guys back on the offensive line. They should be really, really good on offense. And then defensively, you know, the biggest receiving job that uh, Kirby, Kirby Smart did in the offseason didn't have anything to do with any five-star high school kid. It was getting Jordan Davis back on that defensive line. So the, the, all of the pieces are in place for them for this to be the year. If it doesn't happen now, when? Because you've got to return, you know, all the things you want to see right now in football. You've got a returning starter back at, at quarterback. You've got some continuity on your coaching staff. You've got experience on defense. You've got playmakers. The one thing they do have to do is they got to take more shots downfield. They've got to have more explosive plays, more big plays down the field in order for this offense to be what they want it to be. Um, and with JT Daniels, they've got a guy that's got an arm to be able to do that. They've got some some guys that can can run and catch the ball. So uh, that's going to be the key, I, I think, for Georgia will be, you know, offensive execution. And uh, defensively, they're going to have some new guys. You know, they sent like five defensive backs uh, to the NFL, four at least that I, I'm certain of from last year. So they got to be able to replace some of those guys. And I think they're going to be really, really good. Um, I think they will be the runaway winners in the East now. You get to Atlanta in early December, and you got to tangle with Alabama. We'll, we'll see. I mean, right? Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that Clemson game. I know it's going to be a big deal. Um, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. I'd love to go to Charlotte and watch it, but I don't think that game is going to necessarily determine how things end for either Georgia or Clemson, regardless of who the winner is. I don't think losing that game is going to knock you out of. Uh, the opportunity of a of, of getting a playoff bid, yeah, so, especially if the game's close. I, I don't, I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that at all. I think there's going to be a lot of time. Even if you lose, you're going to have a lot of time to build your resume before uh, the playoffs come around. Talking with our man Chris Goforth from the SEC Media Days today. Just uh, kind of wrap it up by telling us, uh, Coach O, he he never disappoints. <laughs> we were watching it before the show, and he's 
I mean, he's just funny. I mean, he just he's, Joe said it right. He's like a cartoon character, and that's exactly what he is. No, he he is. Uh, there's <laughs> there's no doubt that that that's what he is. And and look, I mean, you talk about a guy on the hot seat. I mean, what do what do what's the first move you make as a coach when you get on the hot seat? The first thing you do is you go in and you fire everybody and you hire a bunch of new guys on your staff. That's what he's done. So he's really cleaned house, especially defensively. Man, they've got a ton of new faces on the defensive side of the ball. He said in there a few minutes ago that this coaching staff that he's got, the guys that he replaced are 20 years younger on average than the guys that were there last year. So he's gone younger with this coaching staff. They've got to figure it out defensively. They recruited too well to be as bad as they were last year. I think Derek Stingley Jr. is the best player in college football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy, he's I mean, he's ridiculously good back there. So they, they shouldn't be that bad again. They're like a lot of teams right now in the SEC that have got questions at quarterback. Is it going to be Miles Brennan? Is it Max Johnson? Who's it going to be? I mean, I think that's one of the big question marks that's, that's going to have to be going to have to be answered they got to get better on both sides of the ball though because that was just a disaster last year yeah five and five coming off the national championship just it was not going to cut it the upset loss to mississippi state and uh but i like yeah, the hiring of bo Pelini. Going. bo Pelini for defense coordinator i mean he's got head coaching experience yeah. i like that hire yeah I mean, it wasn't just a matter of going five and five it was how you look going five and five true like you know, it, it, you talk about the, the new coaches that came into the conference last year. There's a lot of people excited about Missouri. A lot of people excited about what Sam Pittman did last year at Arkansas. A lot of people excited what Lane Kiffin was able to do at, at Ole Miss. At the end of the day, none of those guys really had all that impressive one-loss records. But it's the way you felt about them when it was over. And I think it's the same way with LSU. They went 5-5, five and five, but... Man, it was an ugly five and five last year. I think uh, going back to Georgia too. I just pulled up their schedule. The good thing, good thing about the dogs, they don't have to face Alabama in the regular season. So you had a situation where you could have faced Clemson and Alabama in the regular season, and then have to play them again in the SEC title game if you go, you know, if you win the East. So at least that's a step in the right direction for Kirby and the dogs. Yeah, it's Florida that has to deal with Alabama this year. First time in ten years that Florida and Alabama have played in Gainesville. Wow. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Mullen said a little while ago that he would be in favor of doing away with the permanent crossovers so that you see more of this, so that they would see Alabama more frequently. He said, I don't think anybody in this conference is jumping up and down to go to a nine-game schedule, uh, nine-game conference schedule. But he said, if we do away with the crossovers, he said, maybe we could make this happen um, more frequently than what it currently is. It's been 10 years since they played in the swamp. And let's face it, does Stan Mullen really want to see Alabama more? He might just be lying no. to us a little bit there. I don't know. <laughs> no, just, just saying. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like all these guys. I mean, you know, what coach, and everybody's being asked about it, but what coach here, regardless of how they feel, Who's going to come out on this kind of a national platform and say, you know, I'm not really in favor of the 
NIL name, image, and likeness. Right, stuff. right. No, nobody's going to say that because that's that's a recruiting. Definitely. You know, it's just a recruiting nightmare yeah. if you if you come out and say something like that, regardless of, of how you feel about it. So that's the other thing with what happens this week. A lot of it. You got to take it with a grain of salt. There you go. Well said, Chris. Look forward to catching up with you tomorrow as well, and uh, all throughout the SEC media days down in Hoover, Alabama, uh, to kind of preview what's going to happen in SEC football. Appreciate the time. Take care, guys. Talk soon. Thank Bye you, brother. Ah, Chris, go forth. Ninety-two-nine. The game, Atlanta.